You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to the Fix Your Sciatica podcast, where we meet with experts and clients and discuss how to manage your sciatica and low back pain without the use of medications or surgery. I'm your host, Dr. Ashley Mack, and I'm a physical therapist as well as the founder of iFixYourSciatica.com, a go-to resource for pain management. If you're joining us for the first time, thank you for listening. And if you are tuning in again, welcome back. And lastly, if you find today's episode or any of these episodes of this podcast to be helpful or insightful, please follow and rate this podcast on whatever platform you're using. The more followers and ratings we get, the more we can help people like you. And without further ado, let's get started. So when it comes to managing chronic pain, especially in the sciatica world, uh, people can resort to the use of medications, acupuncture, massage, many different modalities, including physical therapy and exercise, as well as chiropractic care. One area that is actually growing in popularity is the use of cannabis. Being a California resident, a California practitioner, cannabis is actually legal out here in the state. And when I moved out here, I was very intrigued to see what was cannabis's role in pain management. So I had the opportunity to do a whole bunch of research. And in my research, I was actually able to come across my guest today, who is a cannabis entrepreneur, chef, knows a lot about the amazing and magical plant. And I thought that this would be a great opportunity to introduce her. So Nicole, thank you so much for being on today's episode. Thank you for having me, Dr. Ashley. I totally appreciate being here. Um, yeah, thank you so much. Oh, you are so welcome. The pleasure is all mine. And so, Nicole, when people come onto these episodes, I want to give them an opportunity to actually tell their story on managing pain and everything. So I'm going to go ahead and open the floor. Tell us a little bit more about yourself, what your experience was with pain and how you actually came across the use of cannabis to actually help you get back to living normal and uh, using this magical plant to actually help other people. Absolutely. So I have been a consumer on and off of with cannabis for over like 25 years. Um, but it kind of shifted a little bit more to uh, taking a, a medical approach, therapeutic approach um, to support me actually with my pain management due to a car accident I had seven years ago. So when I had the car accident, um, I wasn't given opioids. Um, I could have asked for it because the pain was quite severe. It was like a head-on collision, quite crazy out of the norm type of a 
accident on a lovely Sunday morning. Um, so I could have asked for something heavier. I didn't. I was, uh, uh, I left the hospital with like Tylenol threes, that type of thing. But the pain was quite severe over time. And I did need something to support me with that. Uh, the, the job or the, the, I was an entrepreneur at, at the time, so I won't even say job, but I was always sort of working little gigs with this um, entrepreneurial endeavor. And I was a, a food entrepreneur. I had a, a business in a farmer's market indoor year round, and that required a bit of physical work to kind of do the cooking to the um, capacity that I was doing at that time. So I was in pain and I couldn't, I needed something to support me. So I started to take things like, you know, Tylenol 3s. And then after that, I was going with some other over-the-counter drugs like Motrin, things of that nature. And then I was getting stomach issues um, because, of course, you know, by consuming that many of those types of pills, um, it started to uh, affect my gut area. And so then I had to go and get pills to counteract that which just didn't make any sense to me at all and so i as you mentioned in the beginning i live in i'm in, i'm in canada and so in canada there was a medical cannabis program that had existed from i believe like 2000 or 2002 so there was support there and because i was familiar with the plant and i know that the plant can do a lot of things it isn't just a one-dimensional plant and i think that's what confuses a lot of people sometimes, but I knew that there was a program and I was going to see what I needed to do to get support in that way. And when I did that, um, I didn't need something to counteract <laughs> my consumption of cannabis. <laughs> my consumption of cannabis, what I really quite liked about it was the fact that um, the pain was not entirely gone. Like it wasn't, it didn't completely disappear. It was there, but it really kind of like numbed, right? Like, so it was something that I could feel and, and still know was there. And, and I think that that was good because it allowed me to not overexert myself. I was still doing a physical job. And I think if I had all the pain disappear, I could have been lifting things and thinking that I was the greatest and then potentially, you know, damage myself even further, right? So I was grateful to be in a, in a country that allowed for a program that got, allowed me to get that support from the plant and, you know, super, super grateful for that. So with that being said, I was able to go to a clinic and speak with a physician who and tell them him my issues and then he was able to give me a recommendation they called them recommendations at the time um, of how much cannabis um, of daily use would help support my my pain and then that's how I got started and then you could kind of like order online through like these recognized companies called licensed producers, and then it would be delivered to your door. And so that's how that, that sort of project started. And then we have the ability to also grow. So I have started that a few years ago before COVID and grew seven plants. And I think it's really important to also learn to grow, um, your own medicine if you can, if it's safe to do so. Uh, so uh, I'm planning to return doing that. I, I understand that when you grow 
uh, cannabis plants, they are very sensitive. So uh, I, I may potentially move in the fall and I don't want to move plants because I know that they're super sensitive. So I just want to wait until I'm in my next space before I do that. But yeah. We are going to take a quick break to tell you about our awesome new program called the Sciatica Protocol. If you don't have the time to see a professional, but are tired of trying to figure out this recovery on your own, then the Sciatica Protocol is for you. Harness the power of a knowledgeable physical therapist through your phone. It takes no more than seven minutes per day, and it is designed to help you recover as quickly as possible. Now, having an on-demand physical therapist can cost thousands plus hours of sessions. But with the Sciatica Protocol, you'll receive the same, if not better, customized care completely free. And why are we making this program free? Because I believe that everyone deserves to live free from pain without actually having cost be the biggest obstacle. It is simple to start and all you need to do is log into ifixyoursciatica.com forward slash the dash sciatica dash protocol and fill out the nine question quiz to begin. The link for the program is in today's show notes. Plants are uh, alive, but then they also give life and they, they behave like, uh, like many of us do. So absolutely, uh, Nicole, thank you so much for sharing your story with that. Um, you bring up a lot of really interesting points that I would love to um, talk a little bit about, um, because I think it is important for uh, the listeners to just get a better understanding of kind of like, you know, there are probably people who are listening who are in the same position as you were seven years ago, and they're looking for that uh, solution, that opportunity to take the edge off, just get somewhat close to normal. So at the let's let's go back when you um, now was a very traumatic experience, obviously, this car accident and um, you uh, one of the biggest questions that, that came to mind was like, you, you could have taken opioids, but you chose not to. You end up going with like the, the NSAID, non-steroid anti-inflammatories. Absolutely. So what, do you mind if I asked what was the decision? What was the decision-making process for that? For sure. So I love documentaries. I have, at least throughout my younger years, I was a pretty big documentary documentary yeah <laughs> junkie so to speak and I've watched enough about the crisis that I really didn't want to be part of and then I also understood that an opioid would erase the pain so to speak right like the the idea of that pain and I think that that can become dangerous I think that when you don't think that there's pain, then you basically do things as though you are completely able-bodied and yada, yada, yada. And then that unfortunately puts people into further positions that allows you to continue to be on. And then it's a habit forming, right? Like in a different way. And, and even, um, you know, people say that, well, cannabis can be habit forming. Okay. But then when you do stop cannabis, I mean, I've went through, um, bouts in life where I've stopped, uh, I would say that the difference of stopping cannabis, the most that I've experienced really has been like wild dreams. But when I stopped taking, I mean, I went to Cuba a few years ago before COVID and I couldn't obviously travel with cannabis and I, and 
Cuba is not a legal country, so I couldn't use it at the time. And, and during those days, pain was still a big factor in my life. So I got like an eight day supply of naproxen. So I flew with naproxen and Tylenol 3s. And after the eight days of taking it, I was back home in Canada. So I was able to go back to cannabis and I started to get these this rash like this on my body. And then some people that I worked with said, oh, you're getting like the opioid itch, like you're, you're detoxing. And I was like, that's a detox symptom for eight days of use or wild dreams with cannabis stopping the use. I'll go with the dreams because <laughs> it was really strange to see my body reacting in that way because I hadn't consumed and that was only eight days of naproxen, right? So for me, I just didn't want something that was habit forming in that way. And I've seen how it's really devastated so many communities. Um, yeah, that's why it wasn't my choice. Wow, yeah, the uh, the opioid crisis is uh, still very strong. And there's definitely, um, there's been some large settlements that has happened over the past, probably a couple of months, like probably over the past year um, in, in uh, Thank goodness that there's more awareness being able, being brought to the table. So then that way people understand the repercussions of the use of these medications. I mean, ultimately we're looking at, if you're talking about opiates, um, listeners, if we're looking at opiates, um, now my job as a physical therapist and, uh, and expert in sciatica pain, I'm not one to prescribe medications, but it is my responsibility to understand the side effects and the ramifications of using various different pain medications. And so when it comes to the use of opioids, say like uh, hydrocodone, oxycodone, even morphine, those opiates, um, there's a lot of side effects where it can actually make things challenging. I, uh, primarily, we, um, as Nicole was talking about, the concept of withdrawal you're taking this medication as an opportunity to feel somewhat normal so you can go about living your life. But as you heard with Nicole, even eight days of using something very similar to it, creating some sort of rash, experiencing some sort of withdrawal symptom. And those withdrawal symptoms, it's, it, it's, they're not pleasant feelings. I've worked with people who've had knee replacements before. And once they tried to stop cold turkey, their pain elevated, they got itchy and they felt terrible. And it seems to me, Nicole and, um, if, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, that the side effects of, uh, of, of the use of cannabis might be, um, a, a little less prominent. Um, and as with your experiences. Yeah. And, the, and, and I know that cannabis, um, it's, it really is an individual experience, right? Because we all have an endocannabinoid system, which is being studied right now, but we're all kind of wired to interact with cannabinoids, but our makeup is all so unique, right? So for some person, they could require a lot of THC and can handle it and others cannot. But the, like I said, I mean, even after stopping, if after long use, the detox process is so much different. And I think the beauty of cannabis is that it can be consumed in so many different ways, right? As opposed to being, you know, uh, pills are pills, right? Like it's just that one way. And, and when people are on a lot of different medication, I can't even imagine, like, I remember seeing a woman once and she showed me her pill, um, box. Right. And it, it, it was like 
30 pills. And I'm like, I can't even imagine that process of constantly having to do that, where with cannabis, you can consume in the way that you're most comfortable in, really, right? It doesn't have to be um, what everybody assumes smoking. I mean, I love to smoke. That is my favorite way, but there's so many ways that you can consume. And what's interesting, especially when it comes to pharmaceuticals, like if you are ingesting pills, um, the, the thing is the fact that they're like not only... Uh, so the process uh, for the folks that are listening, when you're ingesting pills, you swallow it, it goes down your esophagus and into your stomach, but you actually do not absorb that in your stomach. It actually gets broken down by the stomach acids and then gets processed in your intestines. And it goes from your intestines into your kidneys to get filtered out and then gets dispersed throughout. So um, that, and, and uh, the effectiveness of these medications can be uh, influenced by other medications. And so with the various different ways for people to ingest cannabis is definitely a, a very interesting thing. So um, you said smoking is a, a very common way for people to a act. Common way. Yes. Yeah, so the, the beauty of smoking and vaping, um, even for people who are brand new to introducing it to, to themselves, is that you do tend to get a, an instant um, relief. Right. It is something that sort of hits you pretty, pretty quickly. Um, some of the other atopical can also be very um, quick acting as well. Right. And a lot of people don't make the connection always, but you can actually consume cannabis topically. Right. Like there's so many um, uh, salves and, and lotions that you can use as well for especially great for pain management. Um, but then you can also eat it or drink it. Um, uh, those are really great. Uh, it's going to get processed through your liver, of course. So that means that the, pro the onset is going to be, uh, it's going to take a while. So it could take an hour. It could take even up to two hours, right? But then because of the way it's processed, it tends to last longer. Where smoking tends to be quick and then it, it tends to go pretty quickly, right? Like the actual um, uh, experience, so to speak, tends to, to go much faster than something consumed orally, right? And then there's like even oral, but done sublingually under the tongue. So then that also is different because it's going through the mucous membrane. So then that's like a different experience. You can also have, um, uh, what are they called again? Uh, uh, it will come to me, um, suppositories. That is also a way of consumption as well, right? So um, people who are struggling with cancer, um, that tends to be a really great way to consume high levels of THC because there are such a range of reasons why people consume. Some people require the really high doses of THC because they do have cancer or um, Parkinson's or epilepsy, just so, so many other, um, or you are dealing with pain levels that might be like always, on the 10 spectrum, or you could be pain levels that are a constant three, but like this dull pain every day, right? And so you just need some support to kind of help with that. So THC is wonderful. CBD is also really great as well as, as and can also be consumed in all of the ways that I've mentioned. You can smoke CBD, you can drink it, have a tea, you know, all of the ways that you feel comfortable. And I think that's why I do enjoy the plan is that for people who are completely, you can even have it in capsules. 
People have take cannabis in a capsule form. They take it in the beverage form. You know what I mean? Even in um, uh, bath products. So bath bombs and salts and stuff like that can infuse to also help with pain. So I just love the fact that it's so diverse and it doesn't have to be taken orally if, if people are just not sure about that yet, but you can get a lot of support topically as well. That's so cool. I didn't, I didn't even know that. Um, there's so many different delivery systems and the delivery system, I, I think you said it, it's like really based on what you feel most comfortable um, because the more comfortable you are, the more consistent you can be and the more consistent, the more you can possibly get a benefit from the plant itself. Uh, you brought up a really interesting point uh, earlier and today um, talking about how the use of cannabis for you it didn't completely eliminate the pain as in like you felt nothing, but it actually allowed you to, and, and um, it kind of toned it down. Uh, the word that I like to use is muted and yeah. it, it gave you the opportunity to function, but then also helped you understand your, your limits. Is that, okay. is that correct? Absolutely. And I think it's so important for us to understand our limits so that we can work within it. Right. Like, and I think that, um, if a lot of us tended to work within our means and not try to rush the process of healing that, you know what I mean? We probably wouldn't need to continue to need more. Right. Um, I, I will say though, with cannabis, um, it is something that like I do use regularly because it doesn't remove the pain completely. Um, however, you know, cannabis, I do use it in conjunction with other things, which whether it is being like physical activity or, you know, going for massage or going for physio or chiro, like I've done other things and included it as like my healing kind of in my healing toolkit, so to speak, as opposed to thinking that cannabis is the end all and that's the only thing it's going to do to help you. Um, I think for some illnesses and issues it's very different and that's why I reference like people going with cannabis and I mean with cancer and such like that but I'm referring to somebody like myself who had a car accident and is dealing with that soft tissue injuries that is going to last pretty much your lifetime um it's not just the plant that helps but it's like a collaborative effort of many different things I love the fact that you brought that up because uh, I think what a lot of people think when it comes to managing their chronic pain or the pain that they're experiencing for a long period of time, that there is going to be one specific magic pill that is going to solve it all. And if, if there eventually is one thing, that would be great. People would be living without pain, but there is a multitude of treatments and therapies that are available and it is important for you to be able to combine the ones that actually provide the, the most amount of value for it. And um, cannabis is a very, uh, it, it, and, and thank you so much for sharing with this because it really shines a light on identifying like how it can actually be put into some, someone's routine, someone's plan to be able to live as close to normal as possible. Absolutely. Um, so that is, that is really, really great. Um, for you listeners out there, as you know, I love research. And when I was doing my research, 
throughout this. Now, out here in the United States and many countries in the world, cannabis is actually federally illegal, which means that there is very little to no funding for research. And I was actually very pleasantly surprised as I was doing research for uh, this podcast and also being on Nicole's podcast, which we'll tell you about in a little bit. But being able to see the wealth of research that has been out there, especially with the U.S., especially in uh, California and in Canada as well, being able to see more research that's coming out. And there were a couple of really big conclusions that really identified um, the the scientific basis on actually how it can actually help people. Uh, One, cannabis can actually act upon the endogenous, the cannabinoid system that every human body has. And in essence, if the theory or the, yeah, the the theory, the scientific basis is the fact that if you're having some sort of chemical imbalance in the cannabinoid system of your body, that's where you can have heightened levels of pain and heightened levels of other conditions. And so the ingestion of cannabis uh, in these research, the research has concluded can actually help significantly. And um, being that this is a sciatica pain podcast, and we're talking about all things sciatica pain, whether it be acute pain where you experience pain for 12 weeks or less and chronic pain, I wanted to be able to figure out, well, what is that role in regards to nerve pain, orthopedic pain? And the overwhelming research I found is that cannabis actually does a very good job in treating uh, and managing, helping manage uh, people experiencing chronic pain. So if you are experiencing pain beyond 12 weeks, uh, the evidence isn't as strong with more of the acute pain where you're just freshly injured. So within that 12 week window. Um, so definitely keep in mind, there is growing scientific research and it's so exciting. I'm really looking forward to what the next five to 10 years are going to incorporate because there's going to, here you have this plant that exists in nature and has such cool qualities. And I am not uh, an ingester myself, but I definitely see a huge value in the use of cannabis. And so, uh, Nicole, I know, so you are a cannabis entrepreneur, you help people, you do a whole bunch of stuff. So tell us with your experience and, um, with your experience with cannabis, uh, what, what projects are you doing right now? How can people reach out to you and use your services? Yes. So I um, am a cannabis entrepreneur. I'm a cannabis chef. Uh, I founded a company called Faded Living and I initially started it to really break the stigmas around cannabis, adult cannabis use, especially because I am in Canada that and it is federally legal here. uh, Sadly, there is still stigmas. Right. So what I was trying to do when I first started this is to try to normalize it mainly through food, because I feel like people aren't afraid of food. So I want to teach people how to cook with it, add it to their day. Um, And through conversation, the podcast that I mentioned that Dr. Ashley has been on called Faded Living and Friends. I even have apparel um, to spark the conversation. So that was sort of the idea. And it still is very much the idea. But I am um, adding a bit of a twist to the company that just kind of came to me over the last few weeks. And I'm going to be embarking on a journey of studying other herbs as well that are healing herbs and um, cooking with fresh herbs, as well as cannabis, which I do consider a herb as well, and kind of show people that um, there are so many herbs that are out in nature that we are 
allowed to speak about and we are allowed to talk about the benefits of what they do and how they help with pain and i can talk about dandelion root very easily and and so many other different things and i hope that as i share information about other herbs that we can make a correlation that cannabis as a herb can also be beneficial because one plus one does equal two Right. <laughs> so that's what I'm trying to do. Um, try to just bring some other herbs into the mix and uh, hopefully the conversation can spread further by doing so. Very, very cool. So pretty much okay. highlighting uh, nature's medicine and how it Absolutely. can impact others. Now, thank you so much, Nicole, for sharing your story and just shining some light on the, the benefits and how cannabis can help people. I think for the new for listeners out here who aren't very familiar with cannabis or even how to get involved or even just try it out, um, what do you think are the best or what do you think is an easy step for people to take if they're considering using the plant, but they're really not quite sure how to access it or or you know come across it or use it? Okay, so shameless plug. Find people like me, fadedliving.com. <laughs> people like myself who've been in the industry and offer cannabis education. So um, sometimes Google can be really overwhelming by trying to sort between, you know, the um, Google streets. Uh, so if you are in a state that is legal, um, dispensaries can be quite helpful. I find that going into dispensary and saying that you're new, they can also be really, really helpful. But I would literally search for um, cannabis education, um, CBD is always a great thing to search for because I find that CBD is usually the cannabinoid that's introduced to new users first before THC. So you'll find a lot of like information for newbies, so to speak. And don't be afraid to ask your circle. You'll never know if there is somebody in your circle that um, is a consumer that can also provide you some info. I love to ask a, uh, that type of a question on my podcast because I tend to interview a lot of cannabis entrepreneurs or enthusiasts. And um, I I asked that question because I know that there are a lot of people who don't have somebody in their circle. I'm very blessed. I know a lot of cannabis folks. So if I don't know something and I don't want to go through Google, I can ask a friend, but um, it isn't, it is, it, it isn't easy. So um, another selfless plug, check the faded living and friends podcast and always go to the last few seconds of the podcast. I usually ask that question to all my guests and they have provided a wealth of information and support for new users. So check that out. Very cool. So when in doubt, and if you're overwhelmed, ask for help. There are people who care about you and believe that you can live a full life without letting this pain stop you. So Nicole, thank you so much again, and I'll see you soon. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope you got some help from today's podcast. And for more info, check us out at ifixyoursciatica.com. Have a fantastic and pain-free day. No patient-therapist relationship is formed by listening to this podcast. We are not providing medical advice and all information should be confirmed by a medical provider.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.